0: From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. It's
1: a beat-up. No, not the VK1 WIA National News, but news from Adelaide. We'll bring you that in just a moment. Hi, I'm Graham VK4BB. This is the WIA National News for week commencing May the sixth, 2012. Paul, VK5FPAU, sent us an interesting item from adelaidenow.com.au. Recycled and decommissioned SA police radios being sold at public auction and illegally tuned into private frequencies by radio hams. In February, the ACMA seized nine radios and issued warning notices for the unlawful possession of radio communication devices to unlicensed radio hams in Adelaide after a complaint of substantial interference from a licensed operator. Now, we won't go on from here as so much of that story is full of inaccuracies. Unfortunately, the emphasis has been shifted onto we hams being in the wrong. Terminology and just what the online reporter had in his or her mind about what we hams get up to is just way out of left field. Now, WIA's Peter Young, VK3MV, said that the ACMA confirmed that a major compliance action was undertaken in Adelaide in the past week. Reports suggesting that ham operators were involved have been denied by the ACMA. Monitoring of the radio spectrum from ACMA Infrastructure in Adelaide confirmed that a number of users, pirates, were active on frequencies licensed to other parties. Intel gathered through this monitoring indicated that these individuals possessed equipment programmed with numerous frequencies. Inquiries made by the ACMA found that these users did not hold ACMA licenses for the frequencies concerned. The radios operated by the individuals involved in this matter had been programmed with a number of frequencies which were licensed to various organisations. The ACMA received a report of substantial interference from a licensee, although the extent of the disruption to their communications is not known. The ACMA did not receive any information indicating there was a danger to public safety. Notices issued were in relation to the radio transceivers in the possession of the individuals and nine of these transceivers were subsequently surrendered to the ACMA. The ACMA is still considering whether to take prosecution action. The Oxley Region Amateur Radio Club's 37th annual field day takes place at Port Macquarie, Saturday the 9th and Sunday the 10th of June. The venue is the Tacking Point Surf Lifesaving Club Hall in Matthews Flinders Drive. That's at Lighthouse Beach, Port Macquarie. There will be all the usual attractions and events over the two days of the field day. The field day dinner will be held at the Port Macquarie Golf Club at 6pm on the Saturday night. Fox hunts will be conducted both days. Sunday is the day for the traders and the trash and treasure tables. There is no charge to sellers, so bring your treasure. The famous barbecue lunch will be available both Saturday and Sunday, so mark it in the calendar now for Port Macquarie on the June long weekend. The next foundation course being conducted by Amateur Radio New South Wales will be Sunday, May 20 at the VK2WI Dural site. Assessments for both the course and all licence upgrades will be conducted on Sunday the 27th of May. This is also the next bi-monthly Trash and Treasure Day.
2: Do you own one of the more recent amateur transceivers that include 6 metres, 2 metres and or 70 centimetres in addition to the HF bands? Have you explored any of the bands above HF? Or do you simply use the 2 metre and 70 centimetre capability on FM for chatting with the locals or to access the local repeater. If this sounds familiar, you might be surprised at what you can actually work on these higher bands, especially if you tune to the single sideband segments or explore some of the digital modes. But how do you discover more information about such operation? One way is to read one of the radio handbooks or to explore some of the many websites. Perhaps it would be easier to attend the annual GipsTech conference. GibsTech has a reputation as a premier amateur radio technical conference. It focuses primarily on techniques applicable in the VHF, UHF and microwave bands, especially for weak signal contacts. It's almost that time again. Gips Tech 2012 will be happening on the weekend of the 7th and 8th of July at Monash University Gippsland Campus in Churchill, Victoria, about 170 kilometres east of Melbourne. A partners' tour will be conducted, together with an informal social gathering for dinner on Friday and a conference dinner on Saturday. Those of you who have more experience and have information to share with others are invited to submit titles of presentations to the conference chair as soon as possible. We look forward to seeing you at GipsTech in early July. Further details are available from the Eastern Zone Amateur Radio Club website vk3bez.org. I'm Peter, VK3PF, the conference chair. Cheers.
3: Hello, everyone. This is Clive, VK6 Charlie Sierra Whiskey, with a reminder that tomorrow, Monday, May the 7th, the Radio Amateurs Old Timers Club of Australia's monthly news and information bulletin will be broadcast on a number of HF and VHF frequencies. The principal HF transmissions will be on 20 metres on 14.150 MHz upper sideband at 0100 UTC, beamed north from Melbourne for the eastern states, and at 0200 UTC, beamed westward for Western Australia. Numerous local relays will take place on both VHF and lower HF frequencies. To find the times and frequencies for your area, please visit the RAOTC website at www.raotc.org.au Once again, that's www.raotc.org.au Everyone, RAOTC members and non-members alike, is invited to listen to this interesting half-hour of old-timer news, information and anecdotes, and to participate in the callbacks afterwards. Once again, the RAOTC Monthly Bulletin is scheduled for tomorrow, Monday, May the 7th. 73s from Clive, VK6, CSW.
4: Are you coming to the WIA AGM in Mildura? Last week, we interviewed Terry Baum, VK5 VZI, from the Project Horus team. As we heard, the Horus team will not only be giving us the full technical lowdown on their balloon launches during the Saturday afternoon technical symposium, but will also be launching a real Horus. Yes, Horus 25 on Sunday morning from the old aero ovals in Mildura. Over the last week, there's been a great deal of discussion and enthusiasm shown for this launch, with some groups now actively planning to arrive in Mildura for the annual conference weekend so they can take part in tracking and following the balloon and its payload, and as we heard on last week's news, being in the running for the Yasu FT-1900 transceiver. A number of questions have been received during the week from those who enjoyed Terry's interview. Questions such as, How far will the balloon travel, and do we know what direction it's likely to go? Well, I've followed up these questions with Terry, and I have some answers. He informs us that the Horace team believe that the balloon will remain in the air for about two and a half hours, possibly longer. During that time, and depending upon atmospheric conditions, it can typically travel between 50 and 200 kilometres before it bursts in the payload parachutes back to the ground. Now the question which direction will it travel, well of course the answer to that mystery will of course be revealed on the day. The Horace 25 launch is planned to take place at 8am from the old aero ovals. This council park has plenty of parking for cars. In addition, for people attending the annual conference weekend without their own vehicle, a minibus operated by the Sunraysia Radio Club will be running to ferry people from the hotel to the ovals for the launch and then to the Paddleboat Mundu for the lunchtime cruise. As was mentioned on last week's news, actively following and tracking the balloon on its possible 1 or 200km journey is a separate activity to the Paddleboat Mundu boat cruise and the scenic journey up and down the River Murray. We've been asked by the WIA office to make sure that everyone who is booking in for the weekend is fully aware that following the balloon and the Mundu boat trip are separate activities. So here it is again, just to make completely sure that there's no mistake. Following and tracking the Horus Balloon on its possible 1 or 200 kilometre journey will be a separate Sunday activity to that of the paddleboat Mundu lunch and riverboat cruise. Looking forward to seeing you all in Mildura. Register today to be part of this great weekend. Follow the link on the WIA homepage to the annual conference in
5: Mildura.
6: I'm Jeff Emery, VK4ZPP, and I've been thinking. Earlier this year, I raised the idea that it may be more efficient to dispense with charging for amateur radio licences on the basis that the figures for cost recovery have not been compared with the possible savings with the dispensation. To finish the month of April, the Communications Minister, Conroy, released a small book called The Convergence Review. See the link in the text edition of this news. This report addresses the issues raised by multiple platforms for what is currently called the media. However, in a move that would undo the integration of the old Broadcasting Control Board into the ACMA, it is recommended that the ACMA be replaced by another regulator attuned to the world of broadcasting. Because of the difficulties involved in structuring licences for multiple platforms and to Quote the Executive Summary, The review recommends that the licensing of broadcasting services should cease. As a consequence, the current costs for government and business associated with planning and issuing licences and administering categories of broadcasting services will disappear entirely. If the government adopts these recommendations... Amateur radio has a strong precedent for the abolition of licence fees. I'm Jeff Emery, and that's what I think. How about you? From the WIA
0: News Hub in Perth and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed via VK1 WIA. What use is an F call? Recently, I celebrated my birthday. My amateur radio birthday, that is. I've now had my licence for 12 months, and each time I go on air, I find myself surrounded by people who know more than I do. It's great to be in a position when you're not the, quote, experts, unquote. In my day job, I'm a 30-year veteran in the field. Fortunately, in amateur radio, There are others around with that same level of black magic voodoo that makes a conversation go along a little like this. How do I do this? Well, plug that into there and then flick that switch and it'll work. Cool, how'd you know? Well, when I was camped on the side of the road near Karatha in the 50s, I had the same problem and this is how I fixed it. I find it difficult to express what it means to be able to talk to people who are able and willing to share their knowledge and experience. There is a level of awe. I've been on the receiving end of it in my field. I recognise it, but it doesn't seem real. And the level of gratitude that the expert spent the time to explain. In my day job, more and more I find that the level of expertise and comprehension is in decline. I suspect that there are amateurs who believe that the foundation licence is an extension of that same phenomenon. Of course, having such a licence myself, I'm a little biased. But I'd like to observe that I actually paid for and attended a training course, read training materials, did a practical and theoretical test, paid for a license, and had to go out, source my own equipment, build some of it, and make it all work. Although I think it's true that in a technical sense the world appears to be getting dumber, I'd like to challenge the notion that this is also the case in amateur radio. I think the only point you could make is that a foundation license makes it possible for more people to participate but that participation in itself is evidence that there is a certain level of thirst for learning and improvement. I've seen Foundation licensees around me build antennas, investigate new technologies and ideas, research and publish, all fueled by their initial Foundation license. I'm Ono VK6, Fox Lima Alpha Bravo.
7: With International News, I'm Jason, VK2LAW, Wellington Radio ZLW. Wellington Radio ZLW closed in 1993 after operating from Tinakuri Hill for about 80 years. A group of former ZLW operators is planning a commemoration for all those who contributed to maritime safety all those years and the radio operators who were executed in the Gilbert Islands, Kiribati, in 1942. The commemoration is planned to provide a memorial plaque The unveiling ceremony is planned for the 16th of September 2013, the 20th anniversary of the station's closure. Fists Club Down Under says former ZLW and ships operators who wish to be involved and kept informed of how the plans for the event are progressing are invited to communicate with Barry Allison. UK regulator Ofcom announces handband restrictions during Olympics. Details of amateur band frequency restrictions during the London 2012 Olympic and Paralympic Games have now been released by UK telecommunications regulator Ofcom. The greatest impact to ham radio appears to be satellite and other operations in the 436 to 437 MHz segment of 70 centimetres. Amateur Radio Newsline's Norm Seeley, KI7UP, said that parts of the 70, 13 and 9 centimetre amateur bands in the United Kingdom will face restrictions between June 28th and September 23rd. this due to need for spectrum during the 2012 Olympic and Paralympic Games. The restrictions will only apply in geographically limited areas, with 70 centimetres being particularly affected around London and Weymouth. Also hard hit by the restrictions will be ham radio satellite operations. According to a notice on the AMSAT UK website, the amateur satellite service allocation in the 435 to 438 MHz range will be restricted to 436.25 to 437.25 MHz. This is based on an understanding that the equipment being used for Olympics communications in the 430 MHz band will include handheld FM rigs at the hotels, the routes to the venues
5: and the venues themselves. The future of digital audio in VHF and UHF Amateur Radio is the subject of a video conversation between video producer Gary Pierce, KN4AQ, and expert Jeff Parker, WA1WXL, who works for Motorola Solutions. The video presents a discussion of alternative digital audio systems available today and what may be coming to the ham radio market in the very near future. You can see it online as Episode 7 of Pierce's Ham Radio News Series. In news from around the world, a ultra-thin flexible battery is on its way from Japanese electronic giant NEC. According to reports, the company has worked out over a decade to design an organic battery that is just one one one-hundredth of an inch thick. It can refresh a tiny screen 2,000 times and can be recharged in less than a minute. In 2013, the battery is expected to be included in such items as enhanced credit and debit cards that display balances, hotel electronic keys, subway and train passes, and in much slimmer and lighter smartphones. The organic battery is also expected to pave its way for slender, flat screen displays and e-readers with a texture that feels like paper. Weird and wonderful, or entirely an urban
7: myth, metal-eating bugs found on the ISS. Microorganisms capable of eating the International Space Station have been discovered aboard the orbiting space base. We've come across this at the Mir Station and have seen it on the ISS, the microflora having an adverse effect on the structure of the station. These microbes damage not only metals, but also polymers. They can lead to equipment failure, Interfax quoted the Russian Academy of Sciences vice-president as saying.
0: From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1WIA.
8: Operational news on Felix, VK4FUQ. Special events in on-air contest column, Dateline 2012. VKZL Trans-Tasman Contest 80 metres phone. May 12, VK Shires Contest, June 9 and 10, VK Winter VHF-UHF Field Day, June 23 and 24, Dennis Johnston, VK4AE, Contest Manager for the John Moore Memorial Field Day 2012, has submitted results which include 24-hour portable operation, multiple op, VK3ER, 1st place, all mode, all band, 24-hour portable operation, single op, VK4OE, First, all band phone. 24 hour home station, VK4VDX, first place. 6 hour portable op, multiple operator, VK4BAR, first, all band phone. 6 hour portable op, single operator, VK3WAM, first place, all mode VHF. 6 hour home station, VK2DAG, first. All of the portable stations that went to the effort to send in a log will get a certificate. The WIA believes that those who made the effort to set up and operate a portable station should be acknowledged. In line with last year, the Foundation licensed logs that did not achieve a placing were instead awarded a participation certificate for encouragement. Full details are online, wia.org.au. Special Event Stations DX and Regan and Advice. First activation of botley flow mills for mills on the air weekend with the call sign GB0BFM for mills on the air weekend on the 12th and 13th of May. In DX, EA3OW is now active through May 12th as EA3OW stroke HH8 from southern Haiti. Listen after him on 40 through 10 metres using SSB, Britty, and digital modes. QSL virus home call sign EA3OW. DJ9RR will be on the air as S79RR from Mar Holland between May 15th and the 23rd. Activity on 40 through 10 metres using CW and RITI. QS Alvarez home call sign DJ9RR. Some special event call signs will be activated to celebrate the London 2012 Olympic and Paralympic Games. 2012L from London, England and 2012W from Barry, Wales. The London 2012 Inspire Program has granted the Radio Society of Great Britain, Great Britain's IARU Member Society, use of the Inspire mark for these stations. Both stations will be on the air for the duration of the Games, July 27 to August 12. More special call signs for UK radio amateurs during 2012. The Radio Society of Great Britain and Ofcom have reached agreement on the optional use of special call signs for two significant events during 2012. For the Queen's Diamond Jubilee, all UK amateur stations will have the option of applying for a variation to their licence. If they wish to use the special prefix for a five-week period, this will add or substitute the letter Q in place of the regional identifier in the call sign. Period. 0000 hours BST, May 5, 2012 to 2359 hours BST, 10th of June 2012. For the period of the Olympic and Paralympic Games, a similar facility will exist for a seven-week period using the letter O, period 0000 hours BST 21st July 2012 to 2359 hours BST 9th September 2012. 9H3PP from Malta, 9H3PP May 26th and 27th during the CW contest. Activity outside of the contest will be on 6 and 12 metres, possibly 17 metres. QSL via HA5PP. F4CYZ is operational from Morocco as CN2YZ at three years end. His activity will be from Tangier. W6G San Francisco Amateur Radio Club will be holding special event station W6G to celebrate the seventy-fifth anniversary of the Golden Gate Bridge, May twenty-sixth. Twenty-hundred hours Zulu to May twenty-seven at twenty-two hundred hours Zulu. Intruder watch enforcement zone. Region three IARUMS coordinator Petty Young VK3MV. Whistle-like signal in amateur radio 40 meter band. Oz9AEC has found a strange signal in the 7 megahertz band using his AMSAT UK FunCube dongle with an HF up converter. A strange whistle-like signal received on the 40 meter band using GQRX software-defined receiver and a FunCube dongle equipped with a shortwave converter. The signal appears to be amplitude modulated with a suppressed lower sideband. Sounds just like UVB76. Is it an ionosonde or a number station? For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ,
4: Enningham. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Worldwide Special Interest Group's final frontier. Ecuadorian CubeSat will monitor near-Earth objects. Ecuador's first satellite, the nwe one Pegasus, is slated to launch this October from YASNI on the same DNEPR rocket as the AMSAT-UK FunCube-1. Pegasus is a 1U CubeSat with two large deployable solar panels, and the Ecuadorian Civilian Space Agency indicates that 28.8 Amps can be generated. There's an onboard camera to send live video from space from a 3-watt transmitter in the 902MHz band, along with a beacon that will send an ID and Ecuador's national anthem. How patriotic! On April the 25th, EXA announced that we'll be adding a mission to NEE-01 Pegasus. It will be helping to monitor near-Earth objects from orbit using its onboard 720-pixel HD video camera, and will also help with the cataloguing and control of space junk. This new mission will turn nw one into the first online real-time orbital video sentry for the planet, as the satellite has the capability to stream its video signal directly to the internet. The satellite will send two signals that will be received and decoded by the X's Hermes-A ground station and then uploaded live to the internet using Twitter and Facebook. The first signal will contain textbook questions and the second will contain an image related to the question. If the students are able to answer the question correctly, they will be granted access to the video camera on board the spacecraft and will be able to see Earth from space as the astronauts see it from space missions. More advanced students will have access to the pure radio signal so they can try decoding it themselves. The EXA will provide them with the appropriate software support free of charge. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Radio Scouting, JOTA JOTI. It's admittedly still a fair way off, as yet VK1WIR has not been given the dates. But in VK7, JOTA Coordinator, Peter VK7KPC, advises that the NTARC JOTA effort will take place at the Karnaku Campsite at Paper Beach, as part of the Northern District's camp. Operation will be from marquees with mains power available. US hams in the Jacksonville area have been helping scouts in the North Florida Council earn their Radio Merit badges for many years. But they were looking to do more for scouts and for ham radio. Scott Roberts' KK4 ECR says that a group of those hams finally decided to make a move. We approached one of the local scout camps here in the area and talked to them about it, and they said, Well, yes, of course, we're all for it, let's do it. And basically, at that point, Amateur Radio Club KB4SA was born. The station is being set up at Camp Echo T in Orange Park, Florida, and it's got the backing from the Clay County Amateur Radio Emergency Service Operators. Robert says KB4SA will be staffed by scouters and scouts looking to share the fun of the amateur radio hobby. On Saturday, May 12th, Robert says that the station will launch operations with a special event station from the camp and is looking to make contacts with other scout clubs and other DX stations that are around and that can be available on that day to talk to the scouts and kind of make it a big hit for some of the scouts that have been on the radio before and then some who have never been on the radio before, he says. Worldwide special interest groups, Rescue Radio. A very major and activity will take place in the St. Helens VK7 area over the June long weekend, the Tom Quilty Equine Endurance Event. For those not in the know about matters equine, this is the National Championship Endurance Event for both the riders and the horses. Once again, NTARC will be contributing operators to the communications effort supporting this prestigious event. NTARC and Coordinator Norm, VK7KTN, would love to hear from any member who would like to join a small team. However, the more the merrier, so why not give this event a go? It'll be many years before the Tom Quilty returns to VK7. Well, that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne.
1: We're reaching the end of WIA national news on the social scene, let's have a look at June. June eight to eleven in VK four, the Far North and North Queensland Amateur Radio Groups. FNARG, the Queensland Cassarri Coast. June nine to ten in VK two, Oxley Region Amateur Radio Club's Field Day at the Port. And June nine to ten in VK five is Southeast Radio Groups Convention, Mount Gambier. In May, May 26 in VK4 is Barkfest. That's at Mount Gravatt Showgrounds, 9am. And of course, it's the WIA Annual Conference in Mildura. We'll hear more in just a moment from Mal VK3 FDSL with that. Until then, and next week, I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly.
7: This is
8: Mal VK3 FDSL with the latest information on the WIA Annual Conference Weekend in Mildura. Well, we are just a couple of weeks away from the big event. If you haven't registered yet, I urge you to do so immediately, please. We have in excess of 150 people booked in so far, so come along and join in the fun. Our block booking of reserved accommodation at the Grand Hotel will expire next Wednesday, so if you intend staying at the Grand, you must book by then. Just quote the WIA
0: conference to get yourself our special rate which includes a cooked breakfast
2: each day you stay. I'm looking forward to meeting you all in Mildura.